Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kelly S. from Oklahoma, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, January 18th. Today, we're reading from the big book, and we are on page 17, first paragraph, starting with We of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're going to be reading through three paragraphs, ending with Who Suffer from Alcoholism, and we'll be commenting on all paragraphs read. Today's readers are for the 12 Steps, Addie S., 12 Traditions, June S., and the readers of the text, Elizabeth H., Barbara E., and Liz V. The reference numbers or share IDs for Wednesday, yesterday, January 17th, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, 10927, 10927, and the 10 a.m. Eastern meeting, 10929, 10929. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Addie S. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Addie. Good morning. This is Addie S. in DeSoto, Texas. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve a conscious contact with God as we understood him. 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. My name is Addie S. in DeSoto, Texas, and thank you for letting me do service. I'll pass. Well, thank you, Addie S. And next, I will ask June S. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, June. Good morning. This is June from Brooklyn Heights, reading the 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name would never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you, and have a beautiful day, everyone. Thank you, June S., how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. All right, so today we resume our study of the big book. On page 17, we're gonna be on the first paragraph, starting with We of Alcoholics Anonymous. 
We're going to read through three paragraphs ending with who suffer from alcoholism and comments will be on all of those. And I'm going to ask Elizabeth H. to get it started. Good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Elizabeth H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Orlando, Florida. We of Alcoholics Anonymous know thousands of men and women who were once just as hopeless as Bill. Nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. We are average Americans. All sections of this country and many of its occupations are represented, as well as many political, economic, social, and religious backgrounds. We are people who normally would not mix, but there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. We are like the passengers of a great liner the moment after rescue from shipwreck when camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade the vessel from steerage to captain's table. Unlike the feelings of the ship's passengers, however, our joy in escape from disaster does not subside as we go our individual ways. The feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us. But that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. Again, my name is Elizabeth H., recovered in Orlando, Florida. I identify with this reading quite a bit and I'm so thankful for um, the diverse uh, viewpoints and, um, and friendships that have been brought to me through OA. Uh, for anyone who lives in an area that has um, survived um, a mass tragedy, um, they can probably identify with this, this feeling of, um, of uh, this shipwreck boat. I, being someone who lives in Orlando, identify with that with the mass shooting at the Pulse nightclub that we experienced a few years ago. And um, there was a, a, you know, overwhelming grief that brought us together as, as a city. And while I would argue that we as a city are still stronger because of that tragedy, eventually um, that feeling of camaraderie did lessen and lessen the farther away from that tragedy that we moved. Um, so that's different than what we have in OA. What we have is um, if we are consistently living in the program and living these 12 steps and 12 traditions, we have that daily reprieve, that daily reminder that we just survived that tragedy. Not a year ago, not two years ago, not based on whatever, whatever date uh, we consider our abstinence to be, but that very day we are surviving a tragedy together. Um, and that's helpful for me to remember. I'm at the point in my abstinence where um, it would be tempting to feel like, okay, I've got this figured out. I've got this. Um, but anytime I move away from the fellowship, something happens that's a swift reminder that it's not the work that I did a month or a year ago that matters. It's the work that I'm doing today. So I want to thank God for um, bringing me to this meeting today and putting this reading in front of me so that I can be reminded of that. And thank you to everyone on the line. And I pass.
Thank you, um, Elizabeth H. And I just want to do a little quick gentle reminder. We usually have over 300 people on the line, and there's a lot of people out there who we don't get to hear share. So if you share and you have shared recently, you might start thinking about limiting your sharing. Um, and just keep in mind that we want to give everybody an opportunity to get their voice out there. So with that being said, who would like to comment on the paragraphs that were read? Anybody want to share? Kim G. Marion. Kay. Madam. Kim G. This is Larry K. Madam. Barbara E. Rita K. Karen K. Lisa O. Was there a Karen S. from Texas? Matt M. Wait, hang on just a minute. Was there a uh, a Carrie? Uh, Larry. Holly. I got Larry. Holly. Okay, Holly here's who I have Texas. for the. Here's who I have for the first lineup. Kim G. Matt M. Larry K. Rita K. Holly. Barbara S. And uh, I think there's a Barbara S and a Barbara E. So we will get started with that. If you guys can remute your phone, um, star one. And first up is Kim G, followed by Matt M. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Callie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Yeah, I gosh, wonderful. Um, the feeling of sharing the common peril peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us. You know, and we can't stay there. You know, I think to myself, if that was the only thing that I needed in order to recover from compulsive overeating, I would have recovered well before Overeaters Anonymous. Because believe me, I spent many a nights with my binge buddies in an all-you-can-eat buffet talking about what bound us, the misery of not being able to stop eating. So it's letting us know the tremendous fact for every one of us is that we've discovered a common solution and a way out which we can absolutely agree. That is the commonality of Overeaters Anonymous that we need to spread the good news. You know, I'm so grateful in this format we incorporate the fifth tradition. The fifth tradition that each group has one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. You know, so I think to myself, is that the message I'm hearing in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous? You know, I, I just like to kind of get abstract sometimes. You know, like, like if I wanted to go to learn about parenting, and I go into a parenting meeting, and the first person shares about how their husband is pissing them the hell off, and they're drive, it's driving them crazy, and the next person talks about all the pressure at work and how it's really stressing them out, and then the next person talks about how they, they're so freaked out because their mother-in-law is coming and spending the weekend with them, you know, I might raise my hand and go, excuse me, I thought this was a parenting meeting. And they'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, but you don't understand my relationship with my husband affects my parenting. The stress at work affects my parenting. My mother-in-law drives me nuts and affects my parenting, which is true, but what does it have to do with parenting? And I think to myself, how many times, if you walk in 10 minutes after an Overeaters Anonymous meeting stop, starts and they haven't read the steps, would you even know it was a meeting of a 12-step program? Or are we all complaining about our day? So that's what I wanted to say, is we are here to talk about the 12 steps. We are here not only to talk about the problem, but the solution and specifically the program of action of how we don't have to stay there. 
You know, I think to myself, too, we talk so much about we. We have the word we in here. When we say the steps, it's we. When we say the traditions, it's we. But we also have an OA responsibility pledge. It says, always to extend the heart and hand of OA to all, to all those who suffer. For this, I am responsible. So maybe each of us can sit down and we can think today, how am I responsible? How am I reaching out my hand to the, to the suffering compulsive overreader today? How is my meeting doing that? How is my inner group doing that? How is world service doing that? And how can we as individuals go there to strengthen Overeaters Anonymous so it's there for the next generation? And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kim G. Next um, is Matt M. followed by Larry K. Good morning, Matt. Thank you, Kelly, for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Adam, compulsive overeater. Uh, it's hard to follow that. Kim G is really great. Um, yeah, we are people who normally would not mix. I, I've met a lot of people in the building. I got to go to the convention last year, uh, last year in September, and I got to meet so many people who I never would have met otherwise. But it's a miracle. And then we are different, all different types of people, all different walks of life, you know, gay, straight, black, white. And it's amazing because, you know, it takes all kinds. It takes a village. And I'm grateful that I got to meet these people. And it's true. The joyousness of democracy pervades the vessel who steers the captain's table. We're also from all walks of life as well, you know. And um, I'm very grateful for this, this program. As like I said, I've, I've gotten help from so many different people who just come up to me and offer help just because the, they wanted to, not because they feel them, just because they feel like they need to have to. And it's a miracle. And I'm grateful. And, um, if I want to be one of those people who get recovered. I want to be one of the people who help others because I've gotten so much help over the years from other people, and I want to pay it forward. It's a miracle, and I want to, I do want to share that common solution with others, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Uh, next up is Larry Kay, followed by Rita Kay. Hey, Larry. Hey, hey Kelly. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for your service, uh, Miss Kelly. The... Um, you know that one of the literary devices that that uh, that Bill uses here um, on this page relates to the events that were you know that happened. Remember, this book was published in 1939, and the and the memory of the Titanic was still relatively a relatively recent one. It happened in 1912, April of 1912. You know, we're like passengers of a great liner, the moment after rescue from shipwreck. Now, here, here's the message that Bill and the first 100, approximately 100, wanted to pass on. It says, but that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. See, we're on the line this morning. We're joined together. What, what is it that binds us together? Well, look at the following paragraph. We have discovered a common solution. What, what is that common solution? It's a spiritual awakening by way of the implementation of the 12 steps, we have a way out which we can absolutely agree. So it's the program of action that binds us together. And, and remember, it's, it, it's the purpose of this book to show you how to get well through the implementation of the steps. And it's gonna answer questions specifically. In other words, we should be using this book as a textbook, a set of directions. It wasn't a novel. It was not a novel designed to entertain you or make you feel better. It's not like a two-hour movie with a story arc leading you to feel something for fictional characters. No, this is nothing more than an instruction manual for how you can be pulled from a burning building. And in these pages, it'll show you how to get and stay sober. 
And, you know, for me, life is not a spectator sport. If I spend my whole life in the grandstands just watching what goes on, I'm wasting your time and I'm wasting my time. I cannot access this solution as a spectator. See, because inaction breeds doubt and fear. Yet, yet here's the cool thing. Action breeds courage and it breeds confidence. And it may come slowly. Each step I take towards the solution, this common solution, which is ultimately what it is, is a, a new perceptive lens in which to feel the power of my creator. I'm emboldened. I'm emboldened, which means strengthened or filled with courage. See, hope and fear cannot occupy the same space at the same time. You know, I invite one to stay, stay through action. We're invited to stay through action. That's the common solution. It was never a spectator sport. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Larry. Uh, next up is Rita Kay, followed by Holly. Good morning, Rita. Thanks so much. This is Rita Kay uh, from Kansas. I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater, and there's that word again, recovered, and it keeps popping up in our readings. Uh, in that first paragraph, it uh, starts out with we, uh, we of Alcoholics Anonymous know thousands of men and women who were once just as hopeless as Bill, nearly all have recovered. And, you know, uh, the word hopeless means um, in the pit of despair. When, when you're without hope, you're you're in despair. And um, many people without hope lose it all and, or they they uh, they even take their lives. Some people do. And many of us on the line were at that point of feeling like, what is the point? You know, why should I continue living? But, you know, recovered, I have written in red letters at the top of this chapter. Re- recovered means the mental obsession has been driven out. And that, that, that thinking about something being driven out, you know, uh, is very... Um, I don't know, it's action-oriented. Larry was just talking about the action. And that's an important concept to me. And so when it says nearly all have recovered, I can really appreciate, you know, the fact that this meeting uh, has has embraced the word recovered because a lot of people have not or have, you know, uh, issues with it. But because this book says it, and this is our textbook, as Larry pointed out, because this book says it, then we can also embrace it and realize that the mental obsession can be driven out if we follow the instructions that are in this book. And that's what I have to share with that I pass. Hi, good morning. This is Holly. May I be heard? Sorry about that. That caught me off guard. <laughs> that was a quick share. Um, next up is Holly, but I didn't get your last initial. Hi, good morning, Kelly. This is Holly S. from Texas. Okay, hey, Holly. Up, this morning. Up, up, yes. you know, just Bar- Barbara S. will be up next. I like to just make sure everybody's ready to go. So thanks, Holly. Go ahead. Holly, you're up next. I confused you. Holly, yes. Okay, well, I guess I probably confused Holly. So, uh, Barbara S., are you there? I think it was Barbara E., but there may be a Barbara, but I... 
Oh, yeah, I okay. Yeah, I two Barbaras, but she's okay. not stepping up, so go ahead, Barbara, Eve. Oh, oh Eve, oh, okay. All right, yeah. then, Barbara, Thank as she's you. there, jump right in. Okay, these, <laughs> these words are not original to me, but they truly encompass how I feel in assuming responsibility. In sharing the love and strength with one another in these rooms, we create a bond between each of us. It can't be seen, but it can be felt in the heart. It's the bond of fellowship between one compulsive overeater and another, which clearly says, I care. I put my hand in yours. Now you are not alone. And I agree with what's been said earlier. It's, we have to pick up the, robo- the oars in the rowboat and work the steps if we want to change our thinking, our attitudes, and our actions in life. It says there is a solution in this chapter, not a choice. We can be recovered as a result of the steps. I love that we, so many we's. A solution can be only made real, made real by my actions. I have to trust that I'll find a solution that will work for me. To be ready for a solution, though, I had to feel hopeless first. I'd gone to many, many diet clubs, gone to doctors, did everything possible but surgery. And there was nothing wrong with them, but they didn't fit me because I am a garden variety, no better, no worse, compulsive overeater. I suffer from the disease of more. I was killing myself with food. Doctors had told me that. My husband had told me that. My mother had told me that. It was killing me, but I couldn't stop. Once the craving set in and the compulsion and the spree and the remorse and the resolution to do it all over again began, I was off and running like a hamster in a, ha- in a cage going round and round in the treadmill. I didn't think I had a disease. I thought it was my gluttony. I was lacking in willpower. What was wrong with me? I had to give up. I had to trust that there was this common solution that I heard in the rooms through the big book, a text, as someone said, not literature, and follow it one step at a time. But first, I had to get abstinent. And then I had to get over my fear that this was a scam, that people really didn't recover. They really didn't rely on a higher power. But heaven help me, I knew I was not my higher power. I had given up. I was strangling myself. That noose was getting ever tighter and tighter around my neck. It was choking me to death with food. I thought I was I thought I was doomed, but now I feel hopeful. I wish everyone a good recovered abstinent day. Thank you. All right, so is Holly S. available? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service. This is Holly S. from Texas. I apologize. I am a little technically challenged this morning. I, I want to point to the, parag- uh, the portion of the paragraph where it says, we are like passengers of a great liner the moment after, after rescue from the shipwreck. 
when camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade. Um, I, ha- I think in, in pictures, and so I, I do think back to, um, to what it must have been like when that great ship, the Titanic, went down. And, and I, I then picture myself on, on this ship that's pulling me away from, from that chaos. And, uh, and for me, that ship today is, is Overeaters Anonymous um, in, in this particular meeting of Vision for You. I'm so grateful that I am hearing people tell me about the allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind. Um, someone has thrown me a life preserver and has pulled me out of the water. And, uh, and I'm so, so very grateful. And I can see light. I can see that um, that I am I, I am going to be um, uh, brought along where I can throw the life preserver out to 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 the sea of people uh, from all walks of life. Um, I have an opportunity to, to talk to people across this nation, uh, even just calling a newcomer. If you're new to this line, um, stay for the miracle. Listen. Those who have recovered know what they're talking about, and I'm so grateful, and with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Holly S. Okay, so just a reminder that uh, right now we are on the first page of There's a Solution. We started with the first paragraph, We of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read through three paragraphs, ending with Who Suffer from Alcoholism, and we're commenting on all of them. Who would like to share? Lisa Janice P.M. Jen M. from Iowa. Nancy R. Chrissy G. Darian K. Very good. Okay, so here's who I have so far. Lisa B., Janice P.M., Vasa O., Jen M., Nancy R., Chrissy G, and Craig F. So if you guys can re-mute your phone, star one. We will start with Lisa B, followed by Janice PM. Good morning, Lisa. Oh, good morning. Thank you for your service. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Very grateful. Um, So we're, oh, I'm in Greenville, South Carolina. The first thing that sticks out for me or jumps out for me is those who suffer from alcoholism. I did not know that I was suffering from alcoholism. I didn't know that I was walking around for so many years as an untreated compulsive overeater. I had been in the gray area for many years. I went to a treatment center for um, I couldn't stop binging many, many years ago. I learned about a food plan and I didn't get that that I have to get recovered, that it's not about abstinence. So what did I do? I picked up eventually. But because my binges did not go to the depths that they had been previously when I went to the treatment center, I thought maybe that was just like a passing problem I had. But the spiritual malady, it just took over my life and my character defects were running me. And I lived in that place, that gray area, that middle of the road solution for so long. And, oh, there's a bad, I'm hearing my echo. But anyways, I'm assuming you can all hear me. Um, so, you know, I didn't know how far out into the ocean that I had swam, that, that this weight was around me, ready to take me down. And this illness, it's really a, a very um, 
baffling cunning it's almost like a shark it's it's like a cockroach it's like you know something that has just evolved and it knows how to survive it knows how to survive and it just waits and I found uh, myself in an AA meeting and someone said to me oh Lisa you would love a vision for you you should listen to it and I went and I listened and you know here's me thinking oh I'm not I really don't have that problem anymore with food I'm okay but I was a walking dead person. I didn't even know it. And then when I came on this line, this OA meeting, that happens to be a very healthy meeting, and the focus is the big book, the solution, I introduced myself as a newcomer. I got a recovered sponsor. And it wasn't until she began to share with me. You know, she began to share with me her problem, her solution, and what happened for her. And I began to see that I am in so much denial, that I am an untreated, unrecovered, compulsive overeater, and that I've been dead for so long, unconscious. So when it says, however, our joy in escape from disaster does not subside as we go our individual ways. You know, today I have a living, breathing um, life inside of me connected with this higher power. These steps have led me to a recovered state, getting entirely abstinent, learning what Dr. Silkworth's definition of entire abstinence means. It just was a whole new whole new process for me and I am recovered and today I take others through this work and I'm so so grateful with that I pass thank you thank you Lisa B next up is Janice PM followed by Vasa O good morning Janice well good morning to you Kelly S and thank you for your service my name is Janice PM and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater love this love this chapter as I say of all of them there is a solution So when I see the word A, that means there's one answer. One answer by 100 people that wrote this book? Well, gee, that's kind of catching. But, you know, when I see a newcomer, you know, the first thing I tell them in this big book is I tell them that there are two powers, you know, the power of the fellowship and then the power of the spiritual awakening you know, which is 12 steps as a result of the 12 steps, and I need both. We need both to have a peaceful life. You know, a lot of people, you know, including myself um, in the past years, uh, get the fellowship and the program mixed up. And uh, like I said, I have too. I thought, oh, you know, go to the meetings, get a sponsor. You know, that's the program. No, that's the fellowship. Okay, and it was, um, the fellowship was, you know, originally designed to bring together folks with the common problem, which is wonderful. We need that, you know, but the 12 steps are the program. That is the common solution. That's the solution because we share in a common problem. Imagine. We don't come here to whine and moan and groan because, I, you know, I've done that for years. I didn't get any solution, though. You know, and, the, and I used to get stuck in the problem instead of focusing on the solution. So, you know, I, I, I can tell people what I was like, you know, what happened and what I'm like now. In the, paragraph three, we have a way out on which we can absolutely agree. Imagine all of us here you know, that I recovered. We absolutely agree on the answer. <laughs> and it's working. Those, It's not just a philosophy. I mean, it, it's just unbelievable. We don't just talk about it. You know, the AA program, you know, it is a way of life. It's not just a philosophy. 
Um, so action is the key. We've heard that. Action is the key. The steps are our answer. Those of us that have recovered and we, we develop a, a, a beautiful relationship with the greater power, you know, and that power will help us solve the problem. And when the problem is solved for one day, 24 hours, it's, it's, it's driven out. It's driven out as long as we keep in spiritual condition, as we know, you know. So I know it's not possible that I can do it myself, my way, because it didn't work. I mean, I've been doing this. So those of us who are recovered work the steps and carry the solution. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you, Janice. Next up is Vasa O, followed by Jen M. Good morning, Vasa. Thank you. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service. And good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader, calling from Florida. And I loved it when I heard there was a solution. We, of Alcoholics Anonymous, know thousands of men and women who have once just as hopeless as Bill nearly all have recovered for seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. If I put the food down, if I find power greater than myself, put the food down, and work the, the 12 steps. And uh, again, I, you know, I tried to put the, put the food down for many, many years before I came to my Overeaters Anonymous, and I failed over and over, and I, I could identify with people. I said, oh, wow, I did that. I, you know, I did those things. Like, I didn't feel like I was alone, you know. I felt like I was coming at home. And um, the solution, my sponsor at that time said, it was like a promise. If you work this, if you do this, you know, your life, it will get better. And uh, that's, that has been true for me. I have recovered, and it's by the grace of God, the mental obsession is gone, and uh, I don't even think about the food other than, you know, when it's my time to eat my meals. And then work the 12 steps. And I thought I was just going to come, lose the weight, and leave the program. I thank God I keep, kept stay, I stayed and I kept on listening and listening and, and worked the 12 steps. And now I just have to give it away, pass it on. That's what my sponsor said. I don't want nothing from you. I just want you to pass it on to another compulsive overeater. Hand your hand out. I'll help others. And it works. And if this worked for me, it can work for anybody. I didn't even know the language when I came in this program. I was looking up words and everything. And it works for me, and it will work for anybody else. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Uh, let's see. Next up is Jen M., followed by Nancy R. Hi, Hi, this is Jen M. from Iowa. I'm a compulsive overeater and food addict from Iowa. Um, This is my first time speaking, so I might be a little nervous. Um, What I got from the reading was that um, I wanted to share that I was totally amazed from my first day walking into a meeting at the fellowship. I learned that's an understanding that I felt right away, and it was a pretty small meeting too, so um, that made it even more impressive to me. Um, um, The part about having shared a common 
Peril was important sentence for me. Um, I thought that basically there was no one out there like me. And during the first meeting, some of the readings they did, it just touched me so much to know that I wasn't alone and that there were people who did and, and felt the same way I did. Um, and then the other part was that we have a way out on which we can absolutely agree upon, which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. Um, basically, I'm so grateful to know that this program is a way out. Um, I'm struggling right now, and these calls help me feel like I should not give up just because I am having a hard time. So I just wanted to say that I'm very grateful for everyone that shares every day um, and that the recovered people take the time to come back and share what they have to say um, to help those of us that are still trying to recover. So I want to just thank you for letting me share, and with that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Jen M. Good to hear you on the line. So next up is Nancy R., followed by Chrissy G. Uh, yes, thank you. Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Nancy R. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And when uh, this particular passage uh, really brought me to tears this morning, it says, the part, the part that says, we are people who normally would not mix, but there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding, which is indescribably wonderful. I uh, I moved to a, a very small town from after having lived in uh, diverse Chicago, uh, knowing where all the meetings were, knowing most of the people in OA. Um, five, four, almost five years ago, I moved to this little town, which is not very diverse, and I knew no one but my husband. But the first thing I sought out was the OA meetings. And they were in other little small towns that I knew nothing about, uh, the history, the demographics, but I knew that there was an OA meeting. And uh, I went to the, I started attending those meetings. The moment I walked in, I was welcome, and I attend them today. I thought, uh, I started attending the church that was close to me, but I didn't feel welcome. So eventually I stopped attending. I was only African-American in attendance um, most of the time. And so after a while, I stopped attending. So uh, I was talking with uh, people who had lived, you know, who were natives of this area in another community. And they mentioned this particular town where the meeting I attend is. And uh, I told them, oh, I, I go there for a meeting. And they looked startled. They said, do you know that, that that's a sundown town? I said, no, you know, because I go into the meeting and I'm welcome. And I socialize with, I socialized at the homes of some of the members. And uh, I just smiled when I saw this because we are people who normally would not mix. And, but, but because this disease binds us together in a way, we understand each other. And all of the outside uh, the clamor of the outside world doesn't enter our meetings because we're there to save our lives. And I was thinking, boy, what if the world could adopt the 12-step principles? A lot of the problems we were having uh, would not exist. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a sundown town is, that meant that if you were not um, white, you had to be out of town. 
by sundown. Uh, although the the laws no, I mean the laws no longer exist, uh, some of the remnants of it still uh, are there. I, I assume. So uh, I can say that I've been to OA meetings all over the country, and when I walk in, it doesn't matter who I am. All the, all the, thank you. All all that matters is that I'm a sick and suffering compulsive overeater who found a way out, and I'm there to uh, share as well as receive. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you for your share, Nancy R. Next up is Chrissy G., followed by Craig F. Good morning, Chrissy. Good morning. This is Chrissy G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Anorexic from New Jersey. And thank you, everybody, who shared so far. It's a great meeting this morning. I really needed to hear everything that was shared. And, you know, the one thing that that I feel like I I can add is just, you know, it was coming to mind for me is that when we are, when we do become recovered, the difference is in, in my thinking, what happened in my thinking was I really was transformed from an ego-centered thinking to God-centered thinking. And in, in, in moments of tragedy that, that happens instantaneously. And, and I've experienced that before, you know, if there's a death in the family, you know, all sometimes um, old resentments just get put to the side and, you know, people just kind of live from a place of different priorities and what really matters. And, and, and that we can live like that every day because we're so aware of what the doctor's opinion says and the hopelessness of this disease. And when we feel hopeless and knowing that we can't, we can't make it on our own, the ego just diminishes and, and to be able to be a part of this altruistic movement and know that that's the way to a fulfilled and happy, peaceful life to serve others is just the best foundation for life that I could imagine. And I don't know that I would have learned this lesson had I not been desperately sick. And and I'm so grateful that, that you know, that's why I come to understand people who say I'm a grateful compulsive overeater or I'm a grateful alcoholic. A lot of people say that um, in meetings. And it's I understand the gratitude because it's it's not it's not something I would have come to necessarily on my own. I had to have this devastating disease, and it's it's not and it's it's interesting because um, it's not like I have a choice. You know, it's not like I got this really um, good idea. I woke up one morning and just wanted to live. And in part of an altruistic movement and just be a better person. It's not that at all. I mean, it came from a very ego-driven place of self-protection and desperation. And then it, this program, the miraculous beauty of it is that it transformed me to a place I didn't even know I wanted to get to. So I'm just so grateful for this program, and it truly works. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Chrissy G., Next up is Craig F. Good morning, my fellow Okie. Hey, good morning, my fellow Okie. How are you? Good. Uh, good. 
I, I love this chapter. I, I love the fact that the title itself is a promise. There, there is a solution. Uh, we, uh, you know, it's hard to consider the fact that that might not be the case. You know, what if the world said, well, you got yourself over here and now you're screwed, you know? There's no getting out of it. You're, you're just hung. But it doesn't. You know, the book says there is a solution and, and it offers us a solution. Um, I'm always uh, uh, laugh about this. I shouldn't say I laugh about it. I'm always have a, a kind of a chagrin about this uh, thing about the democracy and the shipwreck when I remember that they left the Irish locked below deck uh, in steerage because they didn't have enough lifeboats for them anyway. And after all, they were just Irish. So they left them below deck and they drowned. And uh, they, uh, you know, that on the Titanic. And um, I, I think that sometimes uh, we kind of do the same thing when we don't carry this message, when we aren't doing the 12-step 12th, 12th work. It's one thing for us to have this camaraderie that uh, we have, having found this common solution. And, uh, you know, we have all these wonderful friends, this fellowship that's grown up around us. That is great. But I think it's also important to remember that we have an obligation to go unlock that gate to the steerage area and to say there's a solution, there's a way out. To, to do that 12-step, practice these principles in all our affairs is, is also incumbent on us as we celebrate that 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 um, solution and and the tremendous fact for every one of us is that we've discovered a common solution we have a way out on which we can absolutely agree uh you know these are inspiring words and it's easy to read them and to be excited about the inspiration of the words but as we move forward it's it's easy to start bargaining and and uh, trying to make deals with this too uh, that common solution involves an ego reduction. It involves uh, a lot of things, an inventory, a confession, you know, a submission, a, a, not a submission, but a surrender to a power greater than ourselves. And, uh, you know, having had this temporary respite, this relief and knowing that there's a solution, it's also important that we remember uh, you know, with newcomers, that that means it's time to double down on our commitment. It's time to set aside what we think we know and uh, be ready to take on that new experience by uh, by a full commitment to this program. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig, for your share. So we have time for about two two-minute shares. Who would like an opportunity to share? Russell. Harlan G. Okay. It's all just a little bit of a cluster. Didn't get any names. So let's try that again. Harlan G. Liz B. I got Harlan G. That's about the only one I can understand. Edie M. Darian. All right. Eddie All right. So here's what we're going to do. Harlan G. And Eddie And uh, we'll stop with that. So Harlan, let's try to keep that at two minutes, sir. Are you kidding? No, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Kelly. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. I was going to sit today out, but when you needed somebody, I jumped in there. Anyway, I take a look at this, and I see the title of the chapter, 
there is a solution. That's a way to read it. There is a solution. And as Craig said, as Larry said, as Kim said, and others said, that's very comforting because in my whole life, this was a disease of being constantly defeated. And I didn't know that there was a solution because from the time I was two years old, people said, don't eat so much. Don't get so fat. But nobody ever told me, how do I not eat so much? But there's something, there's another way to look at the title of this chapter. There is a solution. Because for people like me, and I'm not judging anybody, I'm not, I'm not trying to control anybody. If there's another way out there for somebody, God bless you. For me, there is a solution. And the only solution for me is in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous through the 12 Steps. The spiritual awakening is the only thing that has given me freedom. And when I look at the first paragraph or the paragraph that we read today, I'm reminded of how lonely I was even in a crowd, how alienated I have felt my entire life because all my friends could eat three French fries and stop on a dime. And I love my friends and they love me, but I didn't speak nor understand their language. Thank God there's a group of people, be you from Oklahoma, the moon, Pluto, Saturn, doesn't matter. We speak and understand the language of the heart. And there is a place I can go to be one of many, and that's in this fellowship. There's nowhere else I can go and be understood and understand. Overeaters Anonymous is the only place I've ever been able to speak and understand the language of the heart from me. And when I hear my Mishagas coming from your mouth, At it gives me comfort. That's enough out of me. I'll pass. Thank you very much. <laughs> Good job, Harlan. All right. Our last share will be Adimi M. Thank you, Kelly, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Adimi M., gratefully recovered by the grace of God. We is repeated throughout this whole page and through, through this whole book. And words, I don't know about you, but words can kill me or they can heal me. My transformation started with this new language. You know, for me, words are so powerful. And when I hear the word of God through the power, that's the power that we hear from recovered people. So it's this shift in the we, in the we where we start to awaken. And this is how I lived a balanced life in the we form. When I was in the I mode, I was off balance. We got me connected from isolation, from that darkness of self that connected me with others, which is the light of God. We tells me that I can identify with you. So when I was in the I mode, I would always compare with others, but and then I would set myself apart. But we means connection. So that we is so simple but so meaningful. And I used to uh, be where the W would be upside down. It would say me. But once transformed, once connected, it changes to we. And it's such a simple word, but it, it's all about connection. And if we don't get connected, we can't stay connected. And that's how recovery begins, picking up the phone, getting connected with people, getting connected with God, and getting reconnected with ourselves. And this is, this is what 
it says by our, you know, our exterior worlds are different, but our interior life is the same because God resides in me as he resides in you. And that's where we get connected. That's the power. And this unity, this we, gives us confidence to accomplish what was meant to be accomplished. And, um, and our fellowship, you know, this is our fellowship, we. Time. And I'm going to pass. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for your share. And just a reminder, there is a solution. There's an entire chapter on that, and it is a promise. So just keep coming back and work the steps. So thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Thursday, January 18th, is 10933. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Barbara E. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you so much, Kelly, for your service. This is Barbara E., page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.